go five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, where I, Jason, am sitting with my friend Seth. Say hello, Seth. Hey, everybody. And now, this is part B, Seth is going to tell me about an artist or band that he wants me to know about, and truthfully, I don't know who you're going to do. Really? No. Now, because of we just did Stevie Wonder, and you said there was some foreshadowing, I do have guesses, but I don't want to guess. I want you to either give me hints or just flat out tell me and let's get to it. I would, I, I would, I would love for you to take one guess. <sighs> I think you can do it. I think well, you can nail okay. it. I have a feeling. Being, all right, being that we did soul and funk. Yeah. And, oh. and we had some text messages that sort of narrowed it down a little bit too. Yeah. Yep. We said he's living. Okay. I'm going to guess because of not the text messages, but because of past conversations that you and I have had. <clears throat> I'm going to say... D'Angelo. Okay. Let me give you some background. Okay. That's your guess? Yeah. That's your guess. Because okay. you have you had you had mentioned for me to watch the documentary. We talked about it with you know the roots and we talked about right. Quest Love and the drama. Right. We, we talked right. about these things. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. So no, I'm wrong. Well, let me give you some background. Okay. All right. So <laughs> when first of all, thanks for having me on this. This is this is a dream. Thank you for trip. doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, when we when we first met. All right. In the in the workout room. Okay. I remember like it was yesterday. Okay. When we when our bromance kicked off, <laughs> right? a lot of it was around right. these similar interests, music being one huge one, but also movies and all these things we connected on. Right. Yep. So I've felt from that time that we've connected on a ton of things, except one. Oh. And you know, I think you know what that is, and that is one of my top three favorite artists of all time, and that's Prince. Okay. Right. Yes. Love Prince. Now. Yes. So wow. I already told you that I, yeah. that was my first thought when you asked me this. I need to do I need to get Jason into Prince. Yeah. I have to. You're not the only one that has said that to me. Yeah. I don't think I can do it. No, right? no, so, don't say that. Why would you say that? No, my way to right. get my 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 gateway Prince drug for you <laughs> is D'Angelo. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about D'Angelo. Nice. This is a guy. So who, I was right in a way. You were then. right. Yes. You were right, not in a way. You were right. Okay. Sweet. And I thought okay. you would know from the okay. beginning. Right. 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 So, but really, this is where I've said about foreshadowing before is that there's so many things that are gonna come up that can, you that. Can we talk about Prince for just a second? Yeah, please. Right. And if you're please. gonna get into it a little bit, I really want to ask. Like, not a ton, but let's let's talk why about. Why yes, do all of these artists <clears throat> that I like love so much? He is such an incredible influence as was Stevie that we referenced mm-hmm. in the last yep. podcast. Yep. But why have I not connected with Prince? What am I missing? I don't know. Oh. I've asked myself that about Oh, you. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, Did I, I just not I, do honestly, enough listening? I think that's it. Okay. I think that's it. So I, here's my thing. Uh, I just had a conversation with my wife when we were talking about me talking about D'Angelo, and she said, I don't like him. And I said, well, you haven't listened enough, oh, number one. Okay. And she said, I don't like when he did Untitled. I'll talk about this later. When he did the video for Untitled, yep. and he's yep. shirtless. Half and I, who's, Who does this guy think he is? And I said, well, that's his tribute to Prince. This is this guy saying, Prince, I want to work with you. This is my love letter to you. This is this is us. Not wow. the way that he looked, but the song itself. Right. And so I said to her, you need to listen more. And I hope she listens to this podcast because I think she'll hopefully pick up on some things. I didn't know vibes. any of that. I'm so excited yeah, to learn yeah. that myself. Yeah. All right. So Jessica and I are on the same there page. There you go. Right. Okay, right. Cool. So she had no idea. And she doesn't like D'Angelo. But I said, so what I said to her was, I said, you like Prince, don't you? Because she said, who's this guy? I think he's full of himself. So she said, yeah, we like Prince. We've seen him live. He's, he's ridiculous. One of, the, one of the best performers I've ever seen. One of the best entertainers. Right. So well, what's the difference? That guy was in love with himself like nobody I've ever seen. And think about some <laughs> yeah. of the outfits that he's worn on album covers, on, on stage. Yeah. On, you know, I've seen this guy's buttocks yeah. many times <laughs> as he's performing. So true. So, you know, so anyway, this is, I think D'Angelo has some of that, but it's more of this musical vibe. Yeah. So why weren't you into Prince going back to that? I know. I think you need to listen more, and uh, and maybe you'll see from this. I'm going to try to connect them as best you, as I can. I might force you to do a straight up, yeah, like intro, Prince. This yeah. is what you need to know. I, yeah, I would love to podcast, but because I'd love to go more deep track with Prince because you hear. I think a lot of people will I hear prob- the eighties yeah, stuff. I know all that stuff. I mean, I know Rain it. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. I don't know if people realize number one how good of a musician he was because we That's just talked about That's probably the only Stevie. thing I know because okay. when I would watch some of the videos of uh, guitar players and I I will YouTube like guitar solos yep. and things that I just kind of stumble upon yep. or yep. that YouTube will recommend for you. 
he's all over the place. He's there playing these leads yeah. on a guitar, and I'm, I'm like, Prince can Shredding. do that? So yeah. I watched his lead on While My Guitar Gently Weeps, yes. and I was like, oh, When he just tosses the it into the, heck? tosses the guitar into the... Unbe- into the it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I know only that part yeah. of him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the music well enough. I don't know that... Yeah, because what he did, which was, you know, whether by design or whatever, but he... Uh, really was a mentor for so many musicians, too. So really? So Sheila E. Yeah, um, right. Morris Day in the Time. Uh, there's an album that just came out of Prince uh, performing songs that he wrote and then just gave to other artists, like Manic Monday. <gasps> no you know, it's way. It's him performing it, yeah. And it's, and it's uh, so he, he was an innovator in a oh, lot wow. of ways in that way. Um, it is D'Angelo, a, 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 not a pupil of his, but like a... Uh, a descendant of, in a way? Like, was he inspired directly? Like, how are you going to... Inspired... Immensely. Okay. If you talk to him, he'll say Prince is that inspiration. Now, you also say Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And he'll talk about um, you know, Marvin Gaye and Al Green, uh, Joni Mitchell, um, wow. and the Beatles. It's just, yeah. it's all over the place. Miles Davis, there's a ton of influences there. But I think my guess would be if you had to narrow one down for D'Angelo, it's Prince. Wow. It's okay. Prince. All right. Um, so, what I wanted to talk about walk you through was the evolution of an artist and how that relates to, um, for us as R&B, soul, hip-hop fans, yeah, right? like we've talked about yep. before, uh, how that relates to how D'Angelo has become what D'Angelo is. Oh, and this is good. Okay. D'Angelo only has three albums. So you talk about uh, Stevie Wonder in five years' time, but now five albums that right. are mind-blowing, yep. each and every one. He's now had uh, 20 years and... Out three, <laughs> so and forgive me. Between two and three, wasn't there like a huge gap? Like, didn't he go fourteen away? years? Fourteen, 14 years. years, gone. Wow. So talking about the the uh, the evolution of an artist, which I love because we talked before about Stevie and how you know you have when, when a lot of people think of artists, they think of paint on a on canvas right. and what that looks like and how an artist can evolve. With music, it's it's no different. Like that, when they produce an album, yeah. a real artist, right. there's a lot that goes into it. So so true. I always think about the fact that you could have, let's look at your blank slate analogy. Even if you wrote a song, let's say you, you said, okay, I want to put guitars and drums and bass and some trumps, horns, this, whatever. Uh, what, what guitar? What's the guitar going to sound like? What amp are you going to use? Yep. Like, is there going to be distortion on it? Is there going to be fuzz? Yep. How much echo? Like, it can be so detailed to everything. Do you want to have two guitars? Yes. Do you want to have a lead and a rhythm? What's there, like, how many... How loud is that going to be in comparison to some of the other, like the piano? Is the piano going to, like what piano are you going to use? Are you going to electric? Like it can be almost like yep. overwhelming yep. in a way. And yet they figure out the mix yep. of paint, right? And they put something out and it's amazing. Yep. And that to me is part of the craft and part of the magic and beauty that music really can be. Totally agree. So <clears throat> how are you going to start this off? Like, Let's where go did back. he come from? Let's first go back of all. to there. Okay. All right. Good. So D'Angelo, born in Richmond, south, okay. southern part of Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Uh, and I spent some time in Virginia, and I've got, you know, t- 10 years there. Love Richmond. Okay. So this hits home for me. So he's from Richmond, grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church. Okay. His dad was a bishop. Okay. So um, would you say that his musical roots came from the church? Because we've huge been part down of it. that path quite huge a bit. Huge part of it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Huge part of it. In the Pentecostal church specifically with these musical ties. But but uh, his grandmother had a big influence on him uh, musically. And then, of course, the, the church as well. So he yeah. started playing piano when he was somewhere between three and five years old, taught himself oh, wow. how to play the piano. Yeah. Uh, and so his name, Michael Eugene Archer is his name. Michael Eugene Michael Archer. Michael Eugene Archer. Okay. You'd go by D'Angelo, too, if you had <laughs> Eugene in there. Fair enough. Um. He, uh, his big influences, right, growing up. So he's born in 74. Okay. Huge influences, ones we talked about. Al Green, Marvin Gaye, George Clinton. Yep. This guy, Fela Kuti, have you ever heard of him? No. Just look him up. So I'm also going to say throughout this podcast, I'm going to throw out a bunch of names of okay. just influences or collaborators or whatever. And my hope is that somebody will pick up on one name and go out and listen to okay, something sweet. and go, all yeah. right, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to a Tribe Called Quest because I'm not into them, but I'm going to hear that. Yeah. You know, whatever right. it might Got be. It. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, Sly and the Family Stone, sure. huge influence, sure. and Stevie Wonder. I mean, those are the those are the big ones amongst others. But Al Green, Stevie, yep. and then the biggest one is as he'll as he'll claim is is Prince. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> he was he D'Angelo grew up a hip hop head. 
just loved hip hop. Was an MC. Started as an MC. Really? MC, and yeah, he had two older brothers, and they just loved did, hip hop. Did he have anything before he was D'Angelo? Like, was he yeah. in a group, part of a group? Or yeah, so he was part of a group. I mean, okay. it was a hip hop group that uh, didn't really go anywhere. But what it did, what when he was starting to make music, um, the first thing that kind of got him some notoriety, if you will, was this song. And I don't know if you're going to recognize it. Oh, okay. It came out right before his first album, Brown Sugar. Okay. Right? Yeah. Which and I bought, I, I own, by the way. A great album. Oh, phenomenal. We'll talk about okay, it. Okay, good. I hope, but I hope so. But he, um, so he wrote the music to this. His older brother wrote, wrote the lyrics. A song called You Will Know. Now this this came out in early 90s on the Jason's Lyric oh, soundtrack. soundtrack. And it oh. features, you're about to hear a little Tevin Campbell, okay. R. Kelly, Boys to Men. All on uh, one track. More than that, right? What? So it's. And it was really about. Focuses on black on black violence. And wow, black men specifically. Rafael Sadiq from Tony Tony Tony. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw what's so am, you, I, wait, am I making this up in my head that I feel like I've heard this before? Probably. Yeah, probably so there's a video that came out. It was a big song. They played it at, at the uh, BET Awards, and they were okay. all on stage. Now, D'Angelo does not sing in this. So His influence was what? His part in the in For that? the song? Yeah. So he wrote the music. Wrote His the brother music? wrote oh, okay, the lyrics. Okay, okay. Got it, got Go it, back got and it. watch the video. Again, this is one of those snippets. If you YouTube, you will know. The letter U will know. YouTube it. D'Angelo is the uh, director on stage. Oh, no way. So he's okay. got this whole choir full of, at the time, very popular 90s R&B male sure. singers, African-American singers, and he is the director on stage. So he wrote the music. His brother wrote the lyrics. That was his intro. Oh, so cool. nobody really knew him. I don't even know if he was D'Angelo at the time. He might have been Michael Eugene. <laughs> might have called him M.E. I don't know. I don't know. I but it. that was kind of his first, uh, if you look back, the first time you see D'Angelo. Okay. So... Uh, fast forward, 1994. Okay. Brown Sugar comes out. And this is pretty much like my relationship with yes. D'Angelo. Yes. Is, I'm is, so glad to hear you say that. Sugar. Good. Now, I do know That's this good. stuff came after. Good. But That's I don't, what you need to know. I don't good. know what it means okay. and how important it is or anything. But I will say, when this came out, I was blown away. Yeah. Mainly because of the, the keyboard. Yep. And his voice of yep. just soul. It was just awesome. Yep. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, me too. And I loved, I was 14 years old at the time when it came out. I loved R&B yeah. kind of soul music. I was into Marvin Gaye at the time, but I hadn't gotten into, and probably Stevie Wonder, Michael, but I hadn't gotten into Al Green or um, some of the other yeah, maybe that's lesser fair to say. known. Do you think stuff. he came first and then inspired you to go back? Possibly. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I was, feel like I just it was all R&B. around that time. I totally agree. Right? So, this yeah, song yeah. comes out, and oh, by the way, let's connect Prince to this. He said... He was so influenced by Prince. He said, and, we're t- and this is coming full circle, foreshadowing from Stevie. He said, right. I want to play every single uh, instrument on the album. No. He wrote the songs, produced it. He had some help from Raphael Sadiq, Alicia Heed Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest produced wow. uh, on this. But mostly, it's D'Angelo doing everything. So let me, No way. He, uh, but for the most part, and what I knew was what you said. It was the keys. Yeah. Right? So the first off came... It gets me every time. And it's kind of smooth. Kind of? It does not get smoother than this. Oh, dude. So this is out in 94. And this is kind of par for the course. But not a ton of people using as much keys. It's not as funky, maybe. But he's playing it all. So you've got him on the drums. That just grooves. Yeah, so when this comes out, people say, me as a 14-year-old, yeah. I said, this is it's a great love song, kind of what you're like right. to, but it's maybe right. a little bit I thought the nastier same than thing. I was used to. Yeah. Then later, I said, oh, actually, no, this is about no. marijuana Marijuana, use. yeah. This, yeah. Well, actually, no, it's about heroin. Yeah. So, truth is, it's about marijuana. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And then when you when you listen to it again after hearing, you're like, oh, yeah. Of course it is. So he's an artist, drops his first album. First album called Brown Sugar. It's about marijuana. Can we just let this ride for just a second? It just makes me so happy. Oh, sugar, when you're close to me. 
You love me right down to my knees And whenever you let me hit it Sweet like honey when it comes to me all right. All right. Thank so you for indulging. So the title me. track absolutely is that. Now the rest of the album is real similar. So we're talking early '90s, and what you're getting is early '90s R&B. So you got. I won't play much of these, but let's just go with a little bit of. This was the big hit off of the album, and this is good. What song? What song is this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But he's yeah. got that falsetto. You hear his vocals yep. behind. Yep. All of it is him. Wow. Now this one, I believe this is the one that was produced by Rafael Sadiq, where D'Angelo did most of it. Rafael Sadiq and Tony 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 yeah. picked it up and produced this song. And this was the big one. There was remixes, hip hop got so in, good. AZ remixed yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that beat. It was a good, it was good. So I bought the vinyl, I have it downstairs. But I bought it mainly just for the brown sugar. But when you let it play, it the whole album is great. Album. If you like this vibe, this feel, it's go. the whole thing. Right. The whole so thing. So the, the whole album is this feel. Yeah. It's all very similar. You've got a little bit of this, and we won't play much of these, but this is called Me and Those Dreaming Eyes of Mine. It's real similar. You got that same guitar kind of sound. You've got the keys. There you so got his smooth. falsetto. That's yeah. a very Prince esque falsetto. Now, if I was at home, I'd be singing along <laughs> in my falsetto. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no doubt. Oh, no question. I clearly have not served you enough <laughs> for, so, for you to show us a little bit of that. <laughs> so the the whole album goes on like that. You got Jones in My Bones, which kind of starts like this. It's all similar. So, right? so similar. If you like one, you like them all. Right. Which, so remember, which I appreciate. I don't like when people go too far it's all got over the feel, place. Right? Yeah. It's a work of art. Yeah. And then lastly, he ends, and this will be the last one I'll play from this album. He ends with Higher. Now, we're talking about his Pentecostal roots, and he takes it there here. So this song this is called song, Higher. I don't know. And it's a good one, but it's very much taking it back to the church. Every song has that organ, though. Yeah. Love it. You know how and I he's love playing the everyone on there. Wow. Now, what I would call this is a conventional R&B album. But this song... So smooth. Oh, dude. All right. Okay. So, okay. So this All is right. 1995. You've, you've started very well. <laughs> very, very well. So where do you want to go from here? All right. So we talked about Brown Sugar. It came out in 1995. I think I misspoke and said 94 at some point, but 95. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved D'Angelo. Did it hit you right away when it came right out? Right away. That comes out. has pretty good success. Right. right. Successful album, album in terms of, of 90s R&B and what's going on in the music industry at that time. It was pretty successful. Yep. Critical acclaim, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. He starts to have some drinking problems, and what he claims is just writer's block. So okay. cannot, can, just can't just produce can't anything. It. Yeah, it's 95. People want another album, um, and he's, he's just not coming up How with How old anything. is he at the time? Roughly mid twenties. Uh, early twenties. Born in forty. Uh, born in seventy four. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Early twenties. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Because yep. I've heard that expression where you have twenty years to make your first album mm. and one year to make your second. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You have all this ex yes. all this life right. to come up with. Right. Here's my right. my first entry. And how many people have that sophomore slump? And you got it. Yeah, that gets in exactly. your mind. And, and yeah. you know. So I think. I think he had some of that I got along you. with it was a tough upbringing for him in in Richmond and so now he's got these drinking issues that are going on and, and he's got the writer's block okay so he's having these writing block this writer's block but something about that album Brown Sugar just hit Questlove from the roots yeah now back then people knew about the roots but not like to know about the roots now sure. they weren't on tonight's show they were almost not an underground hip-hop band but they were the the hip-hop band yeah otherwise it was it was two turntables and a microphone <laughs> And these yeah. guys are coming out with Playing their drum kits and instruments yeah. and just unbelievable stuff. And Questlove is ridiculous, ridiculous. on the drums. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Why, so, why is he so good? 
You got to, I mean, you just, we got to yeah. talk about that for a second. Because if he, because there is a relationship with these yeah. two guys, yeah. right? Yes. So we got to talk about yes. why. There's a kinship between the two of them. And he is just ridiculously talented yeah. as a musician. Yep. But he also has this knowledge. If you ever listen to anything sure. that he is interviewed on or podcasts that he's been on, anything, he has this deep and vast knowledge of music. Yeah. And not just hip hop and not just soul and R&B of music in general. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a jazz musician. <laughs> you know, he, ha- he put out the Philadelphia Experiment, which is a jazz album, which is fantastic. I would recommend. I don't I mean, know that. Got, it's worth it's it's worth a look. Okay, all right. Um, with two other two other, uh, I forget who it was now, but but it's yeah. worth checking out. Philadelphia Experiment. Okay, really good. And so Questlove just had he's just this virtuoso of. Can I music. digress for just a yeah. second and talk about Questlove for just yeah, let's so go. when the Roots came out, you got me was uh, my song. Yes, like that song, yes. for some reason just killed me because not only was it a great rap song with. I thought amazing vocals and great verses Erica. and everything, right? Yep. And you got Erica Badu yep. and Jill Scott yes, on it as well, it right? Yep. Yep. Okay. But if you listen to that song, in fact, I'm going to play it for you. So here's the here. Let's talk about this for a second because this is important. What I want you to do is I want to let's play this. We'll play the first, let's say, 15 seconds, mm-hmm. just so you can feel the groove, right? All right, just so you can hear it. Go ahead. Right? Just really nice, smooth, great drumming, great backgrounds. Right? Boom, you, you got that feel. You got, you see yep. the tempo, you got the rhythm, you got the kick, you know where you're at. All right, pause it. Now, you've heard it. Now what I want you to do is Quest Love is just focus on the bass drum, okay? So it's, you would think it was boom, ch, boom, 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 ch, boom, ch, right? There's that, mm-hmm. and you think it's going to repeat. Yep. What Quest Love does is he doesn't play anything on the beat. If you were to count the song, you couldn't count it. Mm-hmm. He plays whenever he wants to. Yep. The hi-hats are always in rhythm, but the bass is always off. It's never correct, yep. which makes it so much fun because yet he's always in time. Yeah. So play it again and listen to that. From the beginning? From the beginning. Now listen. Delayed. Two. Two. Yep. Never the same. Right. Watch. Yep. Always off. But yet on. Always in in key. Isn't that crazy? So good, yeah. So he he invented this style that, in my opinion, was like a different way of drumming. It it made the drums almost a little off that it made it sound like sometimes he was behind, sometimes he had to catch up, sometimes he was ahead, yep. but he always was right there. Yep. And it made it something different, which I thought was incredible. So who influenced Questlove to be that way? Prince. So Questlove knows that D'Angelo is a, is a Prince fan. Okay. Questlove is a huge Prince fan. Right. He's playing on stage, and he sees D'Angelo in the crowd. Now, I'm paraphrasing this story. Sure. If you hear Questlove tell it, it's it's much different. Eloquent, so, beautiful, yes. and meaningful. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> but basically, he sees him, and as he's playing, as Questlove's playing, he sees D'Angelo, and he knows that this is a guy. This is a cat who can who can actually play. He sees the musicianship. He sees how he is uh, princess-esque, if you will. Right. And he wants to work with him. So how does he woo him? He starts playing a different kind of drum that's... Just Drumming beat that's just a little bit off. I love that it. Only a yeah. true Prince fan would play. And would he's recognize. staring at him the whole time. And D'Angelo's pointing at him like, yo, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's you, you it. Get you get it. You get yes. it. And, they, yeah. and so they connected right there. Oh, I love right? that. Yeah. So they have this connection. Going back, D'Angelo is in a writer's block, a funk. He comes out in 95 with Brown Sugar. Nothing after that. The record company wants more from him. He says to Questlove, let's hook up. So what they do is... They take over the Electric Lady Studio in New York. Now, this is Jimi Hendrix's studio. Yeah, yeah. They say, we're just going to bring people in, and we're just going to vibe, and we're going to try to create an album. Okay. And it becomes this experimental album, and you need to listen through it the whole way. If you like Questlove's drumming, listen through it, because it's really a work of art between Questlove and D'Angelo. Now, D'Angelo's driving the ship, but Questlove is navigating this whole thing. Okay, right. right. This is five years later that it comes out, but in the meantime... 
they start working on it. Before, I shouldn't say in the meantime, leading up to it, they're working on this album. They have Electric Lady rented out. And a couple back points behind this studio. They, uh, this is a critical time in this R&B, hip-hop, neo-soul period that D'Angelo got lumped into, but really started to lead it. And they said, what can we do with that as musicians? How can we get all the best people in here? So they have, they have the studio, rented it out. D'Angelo's kind of a late person, so he's coming in late afternoon, <laughs> working late. Right. And they said, well, we've got this studio for that amount of time. Let's utilize it and let's start to make some other albums. So they have Common come in. Common makes like Water for Chocolate. No. Things Fall Apart, which is the Roots album. No. Created there in the studio. You Got Me with Erica Badu recorded at this no, studio. No, I didn't know that. During this period. During this period, no, all at the same studio. So They're cool. recruiting, recording in the morning. D'Angelo comes in at night and records at night. All with the same musicians. So you've got oh, Roy Hargrove, who so is my sick. horn player, my guy. Right. You've got a guy named Pino Palladino who, who played with a ton of people. Mostly he toured with D'Angelo and played a lot on Black Messiah's third album. But this is a bass player from Wales who came and played with The Who, uh, played with a ton of people. John Mayer, he's in the John Mayer Trio. He comes in and he's playing on this. No way. So they're just bringing in guys from all Oh, that's over. really cool. And it creates this kind of vibe that they're just creating new music all over the place. So Mama's Gun, Erica Badu's, in my opinion, her best, best. album, my yeah. favorite album, yeah. comes out of that time frame. So if you listen to Things Fall Apart, if you listen to Like Water for Chocolate, Mama's Gun, Voodoo, which is, which yeah. is D'Angelo's album that came yep. out of that, they all have this similar There is a similar vibe. Feel. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a jazz Slow soul fun yeah, fusion yeah, 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 to yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So there's songs that they might write one and just give it to another person. They're like, I can't <laughs> do that one. So there's a song called Chicken Grease that was initially supposed to be on Common's album, like Water for Chocolate. D'Angelo wrote it. He liked it so much. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that one. <laughs> but because I'm keeping that one, I'm going to give you another song. So they did a song on like Water for Chocolate that was another D'Angelo song that he gave to Common for that. But... Roy Hargrove is on all three albums, all four albums. Actually, I don't know if he's on The Roots, but he's on these albums playing the trumpet. They've got so many of these artists that are coming. James Poyser, who's the keyboardist for The Roots, who's on, you'll see him on Tonight Show. Right. He came out of this period. He started playing with them, and and uh, and he's all over these Come albums. Come on, that's Just great. bringing these artists that's a cool together story. for this, in this studio, Jimi Hendrix's studio. <laughs> so cool. And the keyboard that D'Angelo's playing uh, throughout Voodoo was... Stevie Wonder played it in, uh, in no, Talking Book. come on. The same keyboard that Stevie recorded Talking Book on. Dude, we just talked about this. Come on. Come so on. You're foreshadowing. No so, way. Yeah, that's so, I mean, Stevie's, just, just Stevie's a, keyboard. It's his keyboard. So when you hear that, you're going to say, that that's the one that Stevie played on. No, you're killing me. So, I love it. This is the other one. The other album, Brown Sugar, was conventional. When they did Voodoo, it's just unconventional. In fact, there's a story that Lenny Kravitz came up. There's just artists coming all over. Eric Clapton came and just sat and just listened to what they were working on, and yeah. his mind was blown. Uh, Chris Rock came in and just listened. And, oh, my yeah. goodness, what are y'all doing? Um, Lenny Kravitz came and was supposed to play. It was supposed to be featured on a song. Came in and heard the drums that Questlove was putting down. He said, I, I can't. They're <laughs> just not on beat. I can't play with that. So he, he dropped out. Come he, on. He dipped out. No way. He dipped out of it. So what they would do was Questlove and D'Angelo would go to a local record store. I'm talking too much. I know we're going to no, 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 you're not. The no, music. no, no. They would uh, they would go to a local record store and just buy up a ton of records and bring them back to the <laughs> to the studio, play them, and start to just vibe off of that and go, okay, what are we going to do? They listened to the entire Parade album of Prince and came up with the song Africa, which is this. <laughs> no, come on. They're listening. They're just playing along. This is the last album or the last song on the Voodoo album, and it's one of my favorites. I'll just give you a little taste of it. <laughs> just get, just get I, I don't want to tease you. Yeah, I don't want to go too long, it. though, either. There we go. This is... Now you can kind of hear how these the drums on this Crazy. get me. But D'Angelo's vocals as well. The whole thing, the musicianship of this whole album... It is really well constructed, yeah. It is. And when we talk about a piece of work, a piece of art, they go from song one, and Questlove is notorious for this when he's producing, that he wants to put songs in the right order. Yeah. And this is a just meaningful top listing, to bottom. Yeah. So I shouldn't have started with the last song, but no, this no, is no, Africa. No, no, I'm glad you did. And it's got so much soul. So the reason I'm talking about D'Angelo is this evolution of an artist. You go from Brown Sugar to this. Yeah. He's still got some keys on it, but what a different feel. Wow, that's good. So 
that just comes from them listening to a Prince album and just starting to vibe and jam. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they notorious for like getting nothing done? Like just trying to find it, not force it, almost to a fault. Yeah. Like yeah. they didn't get stuff done for forgive me years. Isn't that? I mean, or uh, yeah. I mean, like they just kind of <clears throat> hung out. These guys would hang in the studio. How they get try away to with play that? music? These guys will. Well, again, D'Angelo would come in late, so they would. They, Questlove is so is, the studio was still being worker. used. It was being used <laughs> yeah. all the time, right? They're getting their <laughs> money's worth out of it. Right, they got yeah, some yeah. great albums out of there, but they would. They would sit around. They would try to play music. They would come up with something, and it was very experimental time frame for them. That's so cool, yeah, though. It was cool. That's so so they, cool. What they did was they'd go and they spent all this money on these records, and they yeah. had what Questlove and D'Angelo referred to as the Yodas, the Yodas of their music, and that was Al Green. Prince and Joni Mitchell. And they will put those albums on and just vibe and try to pick up something from <laughs> Dude, it. That's right? So, so cool. they're in the, the album or in the studio that Hendrix built and yeah. recorded in that Stevie played. He's playing on Stevie's Stevie's, Stevie's keys, keys man. and he's just vibing off of it. So I think I wanted to give you examples of musician, musicianship. Okay. Right? Because yeah. you had this conventional way before. Uh, that they had, and then then they started to actually get into music. Now, I'm going to give you the first song that hit me off of this album was Left and Right. So okay. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this isn't necessarily an example of this musicianship that I'm talking about, but it goes back to D'Angelo's roots as a hip-hop head, and it's not the evolution of an artist, but it's just a good song. Okay. And I got a little story behind it. I'll talk as we as we get into it. Right, let me hear it. Let me hear This song gripped me right away. Third song on the album. It's got that guitar. Oh, yeah, there's it, yeah. Now, quick story around this. Okay. So, this is Method Man and Redman. I was going to say, who's rapping that? That sounds like Meth. That's Method Man. Oh, wait. No, I think that's... That's Redman. That's Redman. That's Redman, you're right. So, they lay down these verses. Okay. It's Method Man and Redman. This song was recorded at first. Now, D'Angelo was a huge Tribe Called Quest fan. He was inspired a lot by uh, this kind of quasi-group called the Native Tongue Family. Okay. If you're familiar with that, Do but it's De La Soul, that. Tribe Called Quest. Uh, Queen Latifah got in there a little bit, Naughty by Nature a little oh, bit, but wow. it's mostly De La Soul, Tribe Called, Tribe Called Quest, and Jungle Brothers, right? These three early 90s yep. hip-hop groups yep. that were just this, the, had a different music out of, out of like Long Island and New York, right? Okay. Queens. And, yeah. So he started working. Ali Shaheed Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest produced on Brown Sugar. Q-Tip he becomes friends with, and he's helping him produce some things. He lays down a verse for this song, for Left and Right. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. So they completely cut it. They said, we want to bring somebody in that's a little bit more street right now. Method Man and Red Man had just produced their first album together. Now, Meth came from right. Wu-Tang, yeah, Red Man. Was right. They produced the first album. They get featured on this thing, and it is what you hear. Now you hear D'Angelo come in yeah. with that. Quest love on the drums. That's crazy. That's a great story. Now Q-Tip is maybe my favorite MC. One of. One of. I'll give you and that. I love him. To think that they trashed a verse for him. I know. I'm like, what could that have been? It no, must have been terrible. It must have been. <laughs> but I love this song. That's good. So that song gripped me. Now, he's got other ones on here, right? So he's got, that. That's so he wrote good. a song. He had a, uh, a kid with Angie Stone around this time. Oh, okay. This is another R&B singer. He had, a, he had a kid with him, and he wrote Send It On with her. So she helps write on this song. They write it about their son. There's the Roy Hargrove horns. Dude. There's the falsetto. You already got the combo right there. That's all you need that's is that it. mix. You give me that bass. Listen to the bass. Those horns and that... And that falsetto, I'm in. That bass kills me. The little electric guitar. The little... Oh, dude. So they had a guy named Charlie Hunter. I don't know if you've heard of Charlie Hunter. Another guy who's played with a ton of people, guitarists. He plays either on like a seven or eight string guitar. So he'll weave some bass lines in with his guitar work. Just phenomenal. No way. He's played on a ton of stuff. So it's either this. Huh. He's played mostly with Pino Palladino, this Welsh bassist who is phenomenal or this guy Charlie Hunter who's played with a ton of people with hip hop artists with John Mayer again he's played with just a ton oh, of artists crazy. that he's played with so this is one that he wrote to Angie Stone you listen to the lyrics and it's just about his son but when we talk about the evolution of an artist right. I'm just going to give you a little bit more taste here I wanted I was trying to narrow down these songs when we were thinking it was three and Spanish Joint was the one that I came and I said I think Jason's going to like this okay 
Uh, it's got kind of a, a Latin flair okay. to it. It was actually written by Roy Hargrove. Now, this is my guy. This is the guy who plays trumpet all throughout these hip-hop albums, who right. has his own solo albums that are ridiculous, plays with the quartet. I mean, he's just phenomenal. just died recently within the past two, three years. So he wrote this with D'Angelo. But the bass and the guitar is Charlie Hunter. Right? Okay. So he's, and he's playing this seven- or eight-string bass guitar. There's no overdubs. And it's written about karma, but it's just a funky jazz song, funky, jazzy Latin song. Really? All right. All right, I'm going to hit you up with it. Okay. Spanish Joy. Oh, I like it already. Yep. Now, see, I give you Stevie's "Don't You Worry About a Thing" with the funky Latin. You, t- I already told yep. you how much it hits me. Yep. You combine those two genres, and I am all this is in, it, right? And this is kind of a throwback to that. Don't you worry about a little a thing. bit. Yeah, that bass. That's Charlie Hunter. That guitar does it. And I just want you to play this until the horns come in, because the horns are. Oh, that is funky right there. Yeah, you were right. This is all me. This is so me. This song is so good. The guitar work on this though, it too, it just has that sound. You know what it is? How can you be quiet and loud at the same time? Yeah. He's not overpowering. He's not too much. Yeah. He's right where he needs to be. Oh, there's there's a little, little, oh. Hey. Here it comes. Hey. Now this is it. This is the one. So he's he's looping his vocals in over top of it. Yeah. He's playing the keys on this. You got the. There you go. No, you want me. That's real hard, bro. Oh. No, no, I know what I'm riding to work to tomorrow. This is it. <laughs> this is the song. Now, the song that... So we're talking about the evolution of an artist. Now, you go back and you... And the reason I wanted to play this song with you because for you, I want to go brown sugar to Spanish joint. Five years apart, they're two totally different fields. Yep. The entire yet, album. Yet, yet similar enough where you know that it's where it kind of comes from and, and yes. the, the source of it, but you're right. But it's just, I mean, you, because we talk about some of these R&B artists back in the day, and they're producing basically the same, same. album over it's and over cutter. again. cookie cutter. That's all right. Same thing over and, and over, over again. And it's fine. And they're making good yeah, music. It's fine. Yeah. But this is just experimental stuff. Dude, give me one, give me just 30 more seconds. Dude. fair that I've gone this far in my life without ever hearing this no. song? No. Right? No. Not at all. This is why we do so this. Good. Exactly. Right. That's my guy. <laughs> this one, the guitar goes back and forth with the horns. It just gets me right No, nope, you win. It has that Latin feel. So the song that this album is known for he could wait. Sorry, he could be reading the ingredients of a cereal box. Yeah, I don't care. The music is that good. When you put his vocals on top yeah. of it too, it's dude. Right. All right. Okay. There wasn't okay. a lot out there like this either. I mean, there no. was, but this is kind of a throwback to a lot of that. A, a lot of that Al Green, yeah. Sly and the yeah, Family Stone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Curtis There's Mayfield, P Funk. I mean, a, a lot, lot of, of Al this. Green right there. Yeah, right. Yep. yep. So now remember, this guy oh, wow. is a is a Prince disciple, and this whole album, Questlove, brings D'Angelo in with his Prince drumming. Yep. They make what Questlove said is that anybody can do a Prince cover. We didn't want to do a Prince cover. We wanted to make a Prince song, ah, and almost yeah. like a calling card to Prince to say, "We got you. You know, yeah. come come work with us. Let's do this." And that's the song that most people know from this album. Yeah. Yep. You know what? By itself, it is so, so good. Let's talk about the video. Yeah. The video, for those that haven't seen it, is is him. Yep. Assumptively, totally naked. Yep. What you see is just him from the very low waistline. Very up. low waist up. Yep. yep. Singing this. Yep. 
He's ripped, shredded, yep. and sweaty, and just you know that's very a, yeah. Let's call it sexually suggestive. Yes. Yes. Is that fair to say? I would say, in light of this podcast, what you would expect Prince to do. Correct. Right? If Just not, for reference. If not one step above. So you're, there's maybe, so maybe many for theories. The time. Right. And this yeah. came up with, I was talking to my wife about it recently, and they said, how did I go? Because she said, I don't like it because he's nude. Right. It's sexually suggestive. Right. Who does he think he is? I said, well, if you read into it a little bit, he actually had pajama bottoms on. That's the, right. But okay. he wasn't nude. Let's right. just say that. Right. Yep. Nothing was happening. But it's the mental imagery yeah. that goes along with the song and the guitar riff. Now, Rafael Sadiq from Tony 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 wrote this song. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wor- worked with D'Angelo to write the song. Okay. So it's Questlove on the yep. drums huh. and D'Angelo playing most of it. But it's a pretty simplistic song from the standpoint of all this other stuff going on. It's... It's a bass, it's the drums, yeah, right. it's the keys. Sure, right. But it's D'Angelo's vocals. Totally. Dude. So again, they're they're writing this song and making it saying, we don't want to do a Prince cover, we want to do a Prince so song. So tell me Prince why this is a letter to Prince. How is there, how is there a connection it's here? It's the vocals, it's the sexual undertones it's the entire feel of the song right just the song itself saying we we can do this we can do what you do right there's the part the crescendo yeah especially and and that that little bass riff coming right into that little do 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 all right all right yeah so at about the five minute and 40 second Yep. Part of yep. this song, right? That here. build? This build and this crescendo of just D'Angelo's vocals. And when he gets into this, just this screechy, yelling. Uh. This is where I hear that, like, that's Prince. And I'm not trying to, like, yep. be on this love fest of Prince, but this is what this is about. <laughs> so I'm like this for another minute. Yeah, just screaming. Yeah. And then the end. This is right towards the end here. Oh, it doesn't it end funky too? And in the video, it's still going. Now this is seven minutes long. Right. So the video's cut a little bit, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk over it because there's ten seconds left and it's just this raw feelings from Angelo. Screaming. Listen to the guitar, everything. This is the song. And then just goes. That's it. I didn't pause that. Wow. And that's the way that that song ends. So that song they created, and that was really this, D'Angelo and Questlove, that's the epitome, I think, of all these other songs, all yeah. these other great songs. That one, they go, this one, <laughs> this one's for Prince. I love that. The I love that. The album Voodoo is, to me, a classic. And it's one of those ones that you can just put on from start to, start to finish and yeah. just listen to, and every song has yeah. a different meaning in the lyrics and the... And the Everything that's worked into every song is just when I when I listen to an interview with Rick Rubin and Questlove and Rick Rubin and Questlove, I wouldn't say have a lot in common. They do have some things in common just because of, you know, their musical background. But when Rick Rubin goes that voodoo album, that was unbelievable. That was fantastic. Yeah. What you all did with that was fantastic. That's high praise, right? And even after he said that, I still didn't listen to it. And I should have, and I'm killing myself. Well, you know, sometimes though you hear some background stories to things and you go, that song means so much more to me now. It does. Now I it realize, totally does. You know, whatever, who was there, who wrote it, whatever yes. it might be. I had no idea. Like, I knew that they spent a lot of time in the studio. I had no idea the other musicians were using that time so wisely and so productively yeah, right? and so cool. much great stuff that from all oh those dudes that came out that's fantastic and you listen to them together and it's just uh, it's it, it has that feel, and you can that now that feel. you put it all together I feel how they inspired each other and they kind yep. of all sounded similar there's a vein yep. that runs through all of those artists that, that yep. are similar in a way yep. so he finishes Voodoo right, right? to me it's v- just, sorry Voodoo's released in year Voodoo 2000 Voodoo is released in the year 2000 okay got it yeah, released yep. in the year 2000. Came out near my birthday, and it was like the best birthday <laughs> gift ever. I went. I used to work at the Wall, the Montoursville, Pennsylvania Mall, the Wall. I worked there. I got the album before anybody else. That's the awesome. night that it got delivered, so I went home, and I listened to every single note of this See, thing. don't you miss those days? I like Where you're like, I got the album. I yeah. remember someone giving me the Fuji album. Oh, the like score. The, the, yeah, oh. on cassette. And I was yes. like, what am I going to do with this? But luckily, my car had a cassette player. Of course, right. And he's like, tri- and I... 
never heard anything. I, I, I couldn't wait to listen to every note. Great album. Yeah. My point is, I missed somebody yes. going, you didn't get that album? Yep. Oh, you got to get that album. Yep. And it's not the same, no, though. No, it's not. It's not. So, but but you, you, you're, you're hitting all points because you're foreshadowing a little bit. So for me, I'd like, I'd like to dig into albums. So when his next album came out, Black Messiah, I dug into it, and I'll, and I'll okay. get into that in a second. Right. So Voodoo comes out. It's released. It's a pretty big hit. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. So not necessarily commercial success. Untitled was a big, was a big hit. Yeah. Um, BET, and it won Grammys, and it, it was a great album. Uh, so they start to tour, and they have this group called the Soultronics, which is Pino Palladino, Questlove, uh, Roy Hargrove, D'Angelo, just a, really an all-star cast huh. of these musicians that go out and they start to tour. And it didn't last in too long. They wanted another album that came out. He had That was 2000. They were hoping to get an album out by 2004, but they're touring. And D'Angelo, now during, from Brown Sugar to Voodoo and during the making of Voodoo, you kind of uh, alluded to this earlier, he got jacked. They hired a personal trainer, came in, and just <laughs> killed him. And he was ripped. He's only 5'6", so, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but he was jacked. So he goes on tour, and the, the video for Untitled was out, and all of a sudden he is an instant sex symbol. If you look back for the video of Brown Sugar, he's kind of, he's got a big overcoat on. Right. He's kind of a, not bigger dude, but he's yeah. bigger dude. yeah. Jacked in voodoo. So he's all of a sudden a sex symbol. So he's singing these songs on stage with this unbelievable <laughs> ensemble of musicians, right? He has the, uh, a saxophone, a guy who plays the sax who played with Prince. He's got uh, a dude who... So proper, talented, I mean, accomplished musicians. Unbelievably <laughs> accomplished musicians right. yeah. that are out there with this unbelievable tour. And um, he realizes that they're playing this great music and they start to jam... And there's people in the front row yelling, take it off. Take oh. those off. And he's like, can't you appreciate this music? And he oh, just gets jaded the by the whole thing. The people were in the audience. Absolutely. The people watching the video. The sex symbol, the oh, untitled gotcha. video saying, take your clothes off. And he's playing this unbelievable music and they're not appreciating it. And he gets jaded from it. Yep. Right? So he... Um, not unlike what happened with the Beatles. The Beatles much. stopped right. touring. That's they right. were like, we're not doing this anymore. You can't yep. even hear the music. We could be wax figures out there. It yep. doesn't matter. We're not doing exactly. it anymore. Exactly right. Yep. So he takes a break. He takes a break from music. He gets back into alcohol, back oh. into drugs now. Um, there's, there's a mugshot that came out because he was in a car accident, got a DUI. Oh, he's into rehab. He's out of rehab. Right. He's back in Richmond, Virginia. There's some things. He's making music, and people are hinting that he is, and then... Uh, Questlove comes out with some statement somewhere. I don't know if this was pre-Twitter or what, but somewhere that says, don't worry, D'Angelo's back. He's in the studio. He's making music. D'Angelo gets mad. They have a riff because I didn't want to talk about that. So now they're not making music together. And it just this whole thing. Just kind of collapsed. There's, right. And there's no music that comes out from 2000 until 2014. Now, around 2011, <laughs> he says, all right, we can, we can tour. They start to get back together. He and, uh, he and Questlove make up. And they start to tour. And he's got a few songs that he had been working on. Um, so they start to get out there and do some things, but it's mostly, honestly, overseas. They're not doing a ton of touring in the States. Because what did he really have? What's he going to tour on? Like just old, older stuff? All the older stuff. Yeah. There's nothing new. So he's, yeah. he's got a few new songs. He gets back in the studio finally and creates this stuff. But the evolution of this artist, just like Marvin Gaye went from the Motown, Motown hits of Marvin Gaye yep. to what's going on. Yeah. And there's this, all of a sudden there's a bit of activism and there's kind of yeah. this protest music, sure. kind of like Stevie did. And, yeah. and he, uh, D'Angelo sees what's happening um, on Occupy Wall Street. He gets to be part of that. He's in Seattle. Really? And Occupy Wall Street is going on out there and he's kind of there, just there. Not yeah. necessarily protesting, but he's there. Um, he sees what's happening with Black Lives Matter and these different things that he feels as a black man that he feels that he has a certain yeah, feeling about and can have a voice on it. So they're creating music, but the evolution is now he starts to create a little bit of protest music. A little bit. Okay. And he feels that he has a voice that should be heard and whatever he adds to it to, to the political spectrum of things, he can do that through, through the art of music. Huh. And it's pretty cool. So okay. he releases... Black Messiah in 2014, 14 years after Voodoo. Voodoo Holy comes out. I'm a, I am a big 
D'Angelo fan <laughs> gets hurt. So when it's, it's almost dropped, unfair, it is. It's but, tough to be a fan. So the music industry changes from then. So 2000, I get the CD and I go home and I'm listening to every single note and I'm reading the, sure. the liner notes yeah. and I'm into Studying. every yeah. single thing. And yeah. I'm wanting to see Roy Hargrove live, which I did because he was on D'Angelo's album. I got to <sighs> see this guy. So Black Messiah drops and it just came out of nowhere. Boom. There it is, ready for download, 2014. He wanted to wait until 2015, but the things that were going on in Ferguson, oh, uh, right. Eric Garner, I Can't Breathe, all these things, the Black Lives Matter movement, he said, I got to release this earlier. So he puts it out, ready for download, no marketing around it, just here you go. And yeah. people are stunned. 14 years later, D'Angelo now nowhere. has a new album. How did that just not get marketed, like uh, the return? Like it should have been right. this monumental uh, achievement yeah. or, uh, or, or or announcement. Right, right. Not much fanfare around it. Comes out, critical success day one. But it's called Black Messiah, which is pretty yeah, it's aggressive. daring. You're gone yeah. for 14 years and you come back and you it's say as Black, the Black Messiah. Messiah. <laughs> so he calls it that, not saying I'm the Black Messiah, but saying everybody can be the Black Messiah, whatever that means. This is all, it's not about one person. It's not about one political leader that people follow. It's about a movement of people standing up for what's right, right? And how, so how is it? How is the album? Yeah. The album's not good. <laughs> the album's great. Is it really? The album is great. So it's got songs like, okay, I'm going to play you one right now that's called Really Love. And I'm gonna, just going to give you taste of these. Okay. okay, good. So Really Love comes out. Kind of his first sort of one, and it's. Does he? Is there a radio hit that came from it, or no? He's like, no, not really. Okay, not really. Because I don't know it. Yep, not really. But I'll play um, two that maybe could be considered the bigger hits from it, if there is one. They're all great. But this one really loved. Creates it first again. He's working with Questlove again. He's working with Pino Palladino, this bass player, yeah. this Welsh bass player, who's awesome. And he's got good folks on it. He assembles it. Now you can see the evolution, though. Not only that it's protest music, but it's just different. He's writing. He's writing the stuff too. He's writing it all. Okay, cool. For the most part. Ooh. So some people say that this album was kind of. This is a quote, not me saying it. But somebody said it's kind of the whole album as a whole is. It's mostly analog. Number one. Oh, recorded almost all in analog. It's funky, but it's kind of. Somebody said it's Parliament Funkadelic meets the Beatles meets Prince, all with this Jimi Hendrix energy. Come so on, I, that's a that's uh, pretty high standards, yeah. right? And a, a lot of people compared it to 1971. Sly and the Family Stone came out with an album called uh, "There's a Riot Going On," and that was kind of Sly's first protest right, album. Right. So they say, well, it's, it's kind of in light of that. Now, this isn't the protest song, though, right? So this is just... So he comes oh, in with yeah. his falsetto in a minute. And it kind of takes it back to brown sugar a little bit, but it's a little bit more How are you not going to love that funk, though, right? That groove right that there. That, oh. What number's track is this? This is five. Oh, it's really well done right there. That's good. Listen to that walk, that bass. I just want you to hear just his. His vocals don't change. And I just love Dude. this dude's falsetto. I know. All right, so that's you know what one. he's really good at that 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 Marvin was maybe the best at singing over himself. Yes. Listen to his own his yes. own harmonies. Yes. Oh, dude, that is great. So that's one that kind of loved. Now here's another one again. Not not protest Wait, the music. The name of that song? Really love. Okay. Then you got. I gotta make note for my drive tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> dude. There's one that uh, was written and produced mo mainly between D'Angelo and Q-Tip. Okay. Right? So Q-Tip helps again, and he writes this song called Sugar Daddy. This is one of my favorites. Not protest music yet, but it's just... Now, is... Wait, no, I'll ask you after this. Yeah, you got it. Now, this is funky. 
he comes in. Here's the again. So this is one of those albums I had to pull up lyrics. No, I bet. And I'm pulling up lyrics. And, uh, oh, that's what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> he can be a little bit like that. A little bit draggy, a little mumbly. Yes, right. Was it a protest album specifically, or is it an album that contained protest songs? It's an album that contains protest okay. songs. It's not in the same light as what's going on. Okay. So it has protest songs on it. I wouldn't consider it a protest album because it's got songs like this, Sugar Daddy. Okay, all right. right? All right. I'm just making sure because I want to yep. know, like, was it specifically for that purpose? Yep, no. Got it. However, due to the times and due to the title, uh, I think it's a unique album that's kind of cool that they bring in Protest songs with. Wait, hold on, boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, good. All right. So you're saying it's just not a specifically, primarily a protest song. Right. Not a, not a protest album, but it's got protest songs got it. on it. Right. Okay. So a lot of actually very similar to uh, to Prince. He came out with um, up the song Uptown, and I don't know if you're familiar. Not as a, not a Prince no. fan, but it's it's a party song, but it's really about partying in a place that has no prejudice, right? Huh. So if you listen to that song, go, oh, actually, this is about this utopian place that has no prejudice, and, and it's kind of a protest song. The song 1999? Yeah. You're familiar with that, sure. right? Of course. That's really a song that came out because uh, at the time when it came out, uh, there was this fear that there was going to be a nuclear war with Russia, and so 1999 was all about that. So it's kind of in light of that. That's, we're going to mix in some music with some yeah. protests. I'm going to yeah. call it Black Messiah, and you were going to get the point. But this was one of the first ones that came out, this song Ain't That Easy, and it's not, again, not necessarily the protest, but... Definitely has the this elements to begin right number there. one on this, the album. This leads so the album? Starts. All right. So this has some hip hop yeah. elements to yeah. it. Yeah. But there's a little bit of grungy rock Got in some there grungy too. Rock. Yeah. Harder. Way harder. Yep. Different from voodoo, right? Different totally. feeling. Totally. I'm not okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It clearly has a message. What I, I think my problem is is I don't look to D'Angelo to do this job until right. you just told me that he's doing right. it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. So if you played this song and you told me it was somebody X, I don't know who it is, yep. I get it. I, I would, I'm just surprised D'Angelo's doing it. Yep. From what I knew about him yep. before. Yep. Well, you know, you got 14 years of yeah. pondering oh, things right. yeah, exactly. and going to... And here, Occupy Wall Street and seeing this Black Lives I love Matter it. I movement. I love it. And that, that's what you're talking and about, the evolution. Yes. This is what he became. Where he goes, I'm an R&B, neo-soul yeah. singer. Yeah. To, I'm going to be completely creative with voodoo and just do something that's yeah hasn't been heard. Funk, yeah. jazz. It, always, it impresses me so much, though, that he took that much time and then started his album with that. Yeah. Right. I'm back. Yeah. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's cool. So the song that really, there's a song called A Thousand Deaths, but I want to play the charade. Now, the charade is really this protest anthem. Okay. So this is inspired by um, the civil rights movement and the continuity of the civil rights movement okay. and how basically um, we don't live in a post-racial world, right? Hmm. Where people are saying, hey, we've had a black president. Now, that you know, yeah. Racism doesn't exist. Well, the charade is about that now. This is one where I would say you need to Google the lyrics because <laughs> I had to. <laughs> All right, so here All you right, go. This okay. is the charade. Okay. Now, this is one of my favorite songs, but it's definitely a protest song. So I'm going to stop and talk about some of the lyrics. Okay. Got to pull them up. So far, very this much. This is written with Questlove. Oh, okay. Okay. I 
again, I'm, I'm recommending that people bring yeah. out the lyrics, all yeah. right? All the dreamers have gone to the side of the road, which we lay on. Now, so the chorus, though, I'm going to come up here in a second. So that's the line that gets me. The chorus is, all we wanted was a chance to talk. Instead, we got outlined in chalk. Feet have bled a million miles we've walked. Revealing at the end of the day the charade. Wow. So, wow. he's talking about wow. this struggle of yeah. blacks in America. That's good. And it goes through this whole thing, this song. So, again, it's very much a protest song. Wow. When so you have, talk about evolution, though. Right. Dude. Right. From Brown Sugar from singing brown about sugar. marijuana yeah. to really singing higher. Right? Yeah. Remember we played higher? The, yeah. The, uh, that's really almost like a near gospel song. Yeah. And to go, this guy now wants to put out something that's a little bit more powerful than that. Wow. Wow. How was the critical acclaim on this? Great. Really? Yeah. Really high critical acclaim. That's awesome. So different, dude. So totally different. different. So, and I'll be honest. So when, when Voodoo came out, Brown Sugar came out, I was hooked. I was yep. 14, 15 years old and just loved it. And I was in that era of my life at, at that age that I loved R&B and soul. Voodoo came out. It took me half of a listen. It was the first beat. And I said, this album is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Black Messiah came out and it took me a couple plays. Yeah. It took me reading lyrics is it and kind of getting into so it. it's so different? It is really different. There's a couple songs like, like Sugar Daddy that will just kind of hit you with a little bit more of that hip-hop feel to it, and it's good. Yeah. But the, then there's other ones that just go, okay, this is... Like, whoa. But when you start to listen to but more But you always go deep dives, and I love yeah. that. You're not just looking for the hits, which I appreciate and yeah. applaud, yeah. because it's so easy to just look for the ones that are the ones that I'm used to and the ones that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. So the album itself, though, again, gets critical acclaim, came out, you know, 2014, so a few years ago. Hasn't come out with anything since. Uh, as you can imagine. What's him. he doing? Just chilling. Don't know. Just taking his... <laughs> it's the same thing. So and, My it, man know, has his own schedule. Right. So if it's 2028, yeah. <laughs> then I'll be feeling good that another album might be coming out soon. All right, let me ask you this question. I, I come to you and I say, uh, oh, you know that artist, D'Angelo? You're like, yeah. I don't know any of his songs. I know one. I heard maybe one. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick me one song that you, not the ones that we've, we've heard, but you say, this is what my go-to D'Angelo song is that makes me really connect. And that's just, I, I, not the I ones got that I've heard. No. Like, give me one more boat. I've, I've gone long. I've, <laughs> no, almost, I've no, no. almost played them all. No, no. Because remember, this goes, guy only has three albums. <laughs> He's not the most prolific artist <laughs> in the world. No, what I'm saying is, you go, oh, you, let me play you this. And then to get it. You know what? I'm going to just pick one that we haven't played because they're all good. No, no, no. All I right. want you to dig. Right, you know what? Hang Take on. your time. I've, I've got one. I've got one. But okay. let me find it. Okay. And this isn't the one that I necessarily say. Um, hang on. This, okay. this, this, right, this is the challenge this is that live. I do to people right. at the end. I go, look, you've given me what you wanted to give me, those three, four, five. You've given me more yeah. than that songs. Now, I think that you need to listen to, to Spanish Joint a oh, more dude, times. Dude, I'm telling you, that killed right. me. That knocked me out. I want to give you... Now, they made Untitled, mm-hmm. as I said before, as a tribute to Prince to say, we're not doing a cover, we're doing a... Here's a Prince cover. Okay. All right? Okay. And I don't know if you'll like That's it That's maybe a good way to go out. But here you That's go. Smart. This is a Prince cover live. She's always in my hair. Oh, oh, oh. 
Now, one thing that D'Angelo did in the 14 years that he was gone was he learned to play the guitar more proficiently. Oh, no way. And that was another thing where he said, I, I got to do this. And, and so he, he didn't play a ton. He played, but not right. as much on the first two albums. On the, on the third, he can play more. So this is recent. And he, that's him on the guitar. <laughs> All right. Well, I think he did an amazing job. I appreciate him so much more and understand so. him oh so much more. Where he came from, who he is, why those gaps were there. The brilliancy in his creativity, though. Absolutely incredible. And well, I'll tell you what I really appreciate is that he has so many similarities to some of the artists like you mentioned, like the Al Greens and the Stevie yeah. Wonders and Sly and the Family Stone and, and Prince and so but he didn't do exactly what they did. Right. He did something that was influenced by them. He was not a copy of them, which I'm really, really impressed by. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Awesome. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and we are going to ride out and just enjoy some D'Angelo. Yeah.